Gentlemen, we are officially going to get started. I uh, want to thank everybody for joining the Black Junior Golf Podcast. Uh, man, we are, we are in for a treat tonight. Uh, we have uh, our special guest on tonight, uh, Mr. Scott Deloach. Um, and, 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 and Scott, it's okay if we call you Dr. Pastor Scott Deloach. Scott is fine. Scott is fine. <laughs> well, listen, man, good to have you on. And um, I just wanted to uh, bring you on, man. We, you know, we appreciate everything you do um, in the Black Golf Alliance and um, everything that you do for golf. And, um, you know, you don't know it, but, you know, you're, you're legendary. Um, I know Al, Al talks about you all the time, calls you Uncle Scott. <laughs> and uh, he says every time he comes, comes to play, you always whip him good and send him home. And, you know, so, man, we appreciate everything you do. Um, in, in our group and um, as a uh, pro golfer, uh, we appreciate everything that you do. So um, we're going to get started here, Scott, and I'm, I just want to ask you a couple questions. And what we generally do is we open it up um, toward the end uh, for some Q&A and from, the, some, from some of the junior parents and anybody else that's on. And so first thing I want you to uh, do, uh, Scott, is tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, real thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of this podcast. I really consider it an honor uh, to have been selected to tell you about little old me. Um, I've been involved in this game for about 30 years now. Uh, self-taught. I hate really saying self-taught, but uh, I didn't never had any formal instruction and uh, learned the game from uh, a lot of great players and, and great mentors. Um, I started playing golf, I was about 27, uh, out of college, and basically started out of peer pressure. Uh, I got tired of all my coworkers going out to play golf, and I was stuck in the office uh, working. And so I made up my mind that I was going to learn this game because I heard that uh, the way to make it up the ladder was to learn how to play golf and to cut big business deals on the golf course. And I wanted to be a part of that. That's awesome, Scott. And so, and, and so, so, so and Scott, you born and raised where again? Uh, Philly, Philadelphia, born and bred. Uh, I live uh, about 15 miles away from where I was born in the city of Philadelphia, and I live in the suburbs near Valley Forge. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place uh, where George Washington uh, fought all his battles at. Right. Uh, I live in a little small town called East Norriton, which is in the suburb uh, of Philadelphia. Okay, okay, great, great. And Scott, so let me ask you this, man. You know, you, you know, you, it sounds like you picked up golf a, a little late, um, 27 years of age, and um, what 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 did what did you what did, what do you feel that um, gave you what what caused you to go from a decent golfer to a you know close to great golfer? What 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 do you feel that gave you that little edge to really take it to the next level? What did you do, man? I, I don't know how great golfer is, you know close to great golfer. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, I would be considered an accomplished player. Right. And one of the things that I did early, um, I, I like studying people. And, mm -hmm. and I, I watched uh, guys at the driving range and, and I, I looked at the way they held the club, the way they uh, took a stance, you know, how the body moved. And 
and the guys that uh, 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 were able to produce a good result, I tried to emulate them. And the guys that were uh, not doing so well, I, I had I tossed that into the trash can. I said, if they can't do that, I'm not going to try to fix their problem. And and then, like I said, I got in with a group of uh, uh, good players and and uh, good mentors that taught me. Uh, to play the game of golf the right way, taught me the rules, taught me etiquette, uh, taught me that if I didn't get my game fixed fast, I was gonna lose a lot of money to them. So um, it, it, that prompted me to really work on my game and to really practice and get, get really sound fundamentals, which have carried over all these years later. Great. And Scott, I, I've seen some really, really, really low scores from you, man. Uh, What's your lowest score that you've ever shot? Uh, surprisingly, um, I've been blessed with the ability to, to get it going every now and then. I, I credit that to a hot putter. I've always been a real good ball striker. Okay. Uh, this year, uh, with Al, you mentioned Al, playing with Al, I had my career low round of 63. Um, I, I've shot a number of 64s and 65s, and, and anything in the 60s I'm happy with. Uh, but uh, this year, I was able to do something that I had not yet been able to do before. Wow, that's awesome. That's that's going low, man. Sixty three is like a dream round. It's like, man, I, you know, what what would it what would it take to do that again? You know, just quit playing at twelve like I did. You'd be all right. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so Scott, you know, we we have a lot of juniors that listen to the podcast, and we have we have a couple of juniors that's on listening right now. Um, you know, knowing what you know now, you know, from being a pro, uh, very good player, um, what would you say to the, to the juniors uh, to help their transition uh, to, to, to being a little smoother in the game? Yeah. I see that uh, Kendall has checked in, and she's one of my favorite golfers. I, I watch her, and I study her, yeah. and I have to be careful. I send a message to her father all the time and let him know what I'm sending a message to her so it doesn't look like I'm stalking her right but the one thing that she does that I really respect and it's going to carry her a long way is that she practices mm -hmm. I see her in her garage hitting balls I see her out in the rain hitting balls I, I, I see her doing what she can do to work on her game and if I had to uh, work with uh, juniors now that's what I would tell them to learn the game of golf don't just be content with hitting balls. I run into a lot of juniors and all they want to do is see how far they can hit. Right. But they, they don't know the game of golf. Uh, they don't know how to get up and down. They don't know what the architect, of course, architect had in mind when he placed that bunker right there. They don't know uh, why their grips feel the way they feel. So I would tell them to, to do everything they can do to, to learn this game. Uh, learn how to put your own grips on the clubs. That's where you can get them the way you want to. And mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about somebody else. Uh, go talk to a greenskeeper and ask them why he cuts the greens on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, and, and, and learn everything you can learn about the game. Surround yourself with people that, uh, that have been somewhere and done that, like, like Randy Newsom. Uh, he has a wealth of knowledge that he can share with players about how to play competitively and, and uh, just do what you can do to, um, 
uh, just be a part of this game a little deeper than just going out and hitting balls and playing every now and then. And, and lastly, uh, find you a good instructor, uh, one that aligns with your vision and where you want to take your game. And make sure that that instructor, ha instructor has a plan to get you to where you want to go and can clearly articulate that. Um, I run into a lot of parents that I teach and the, 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 the junior comes up to the range and then the parent says, I want to do this or I wish I could have done that. And, mm -hmm. and it, it messes up the junior, you know, mm -hmm. so let, let the junior have some fun. Let them learn as much as they can about the game and then and, and see where it takes them. Definitely. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So really with that craft of the game. Yep. That's good. That's good. That's that's Scott, when you when you talk about learning the game, uh, what do you what do you feel that it's it's it, you know when you think about the the mental because the golf is more than just physical. When you when you think about the mental part of the game, what 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 advice would you give to our juniors to really hone in on the the mental part of the game? Um one of the things that you can do to become a better, better mental player is have a command over where you're going to play. One of the things that I do before I go out to play, even on familiar courses, I go over that round in my mind. Well, number one, I'm going to hit a three wood down the right hand side. I'm going to hit a, a wedge in. I'm going to do this. And, and I, I, I mentally go through each and every shot that I'm planning on playing uh, during that round of golf. And it's easier to do today than it was many years ago when I started because you have apps now. It will give you a flyby of each hole and recommendations on what the – you can use Google Earth to okay. see where certain trees are on the golf course. You can take time to mentally prepare uh, to play these golf courses before you ever get to them and and um, it, it actually helps you once you get into that environment you've already played that that hole over in your head 20 times 30 times 100 times whatever it is and that'll help you uh, with with uh, playing while you're out there great great now let's say you we all know uh, Scott that golf is a really tough sport uh, we've just talked about the mental part of the game now, let's say Scott is out and you're having a really bad day, okay? You know, this, nothing's going right. What do you try to focus on on the course when things aren't going like you are expecting them to go? That's the game of golf. You can get good bounces. You can hit a perfect drive down the middle of the fairway and have it hit a sprinkler head and jump into the rough, you know? And, and good putts that you hit sometimes, they just don't go in. Right. So one of the things that I do, of course, I get upset like everybody else, but I don't let a bad shot impact the next shot. I, I kind of play each shot one at a time, and, and, I, and I never let one hole carry over to the next hole where a bogey on number two cost me a double bogey on four, right. you know, and stuff like that. So I try to compartmentalize as much as I can and understand that nobody's perfect and we all make uh, mistakes, but we just try, have to execute every single shot to the best of our ability and take the ball as, as it bounces. 
There you go. Yeah, that's an, that's important because golf can be mean sometimes, and you just like, oh man, what am I do? You know, just I mean, just everything can just go haywire on the golf course, and your attitude get bad, and you know, and so you just have to fig- figure out a way to turn it around and not take it to the next hole, like you just said. And so, um, Scott, when you when you think about some of the some of the courses that you played a- around the country, what's what's probably your your top three courses that you played before? Uh, top three? Um, this might sound a little strange, but I really don't have a favorite course. I have favorite holes on different courses that, that reach up and grab you and say, man, you know, I didn't expect that or, you know, things like that. But the one thing that, that I do remember is who I played with at these different courses. I say I had a whole bunch of fun at Chester, Washington and Los Angeles. I had a whole bunch of fun at Browns Mills and Atlanta. I had a whole bunch of fun fun at Bully Rock playing with Randy and, and Desiree and, and, uh, and, and uh, Al, you know. Uh, but I don't really look at golf as what is my favorite course uh, because that, that can change. You can have a favorite course today and go back next month and the greenskeeper let it go to hell basically and and not have an experience like you had the last time so i i remember certain holes and i but i definitely remember the experience and the fellowship i have with other people great and you um you, recently you posted a, a a legendary pick with some with some all-time you know greats um kind of reflect on that a little bit and, and talk about what that experience was like uh, when you had a chance to spend some time with those great players, yeah, I I was uh, I was playing for one of my sponsors was WDAS Radio in Philadelphia, and they had a little dream team. That's what they used to call us, and I was tasked with uh, picking Charlie Sifford up from the airport, taking him around, and being his host for the week while he was in Philly. He came to the tournament, and. Um, I learned so much about the history of black golf hanging with him and another pro in the picture was a guy by the name of Bill Bishop. He was the black pro at Freeway, a black owned golf course in Sicklerville, New Jersey. But being able to hang with those guys and to hear them tell all the old war stories and, and how they used to do this. And, and, it, and, and in addition to that, at that time, they were probably in their seventies, you know, uh, or late 60s and and just to have them still be able to play good golf and to show me some things on the golf course that was something I'll never forget and um you know hanging with guys like that is just it's just you can't buy those kind of experiences and it's helped me become a better golfer and a better person I believe after that that's right. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That was an awesome pick you posted. And um, Scott, who are some of your favorite uh, tour players that's out on the tour right now? I uh, look at a lot of these guys with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I I grew up uh, looking at guys like Freddie Couples and, and Payne Stewart and, of course, Tiger when he was coming up. And if they had nothing else, they had great golf swings and great temperaments and, and great reputations that went along with them. Uh, today, I look at some of the guys and I still like guys with great golf swings like Adam Scott and Rory McIlroy, 
But uh, I, I kind of looked side-eyed a couple of those guys when they turned these little beefs into, <laughs> you know, golf. They're golfers. They're not, you know, gangsters. Right. You know, and they, they have feuds and East Coast versus West Coast and all this nonsense. You know, a lot of guys out there, they're, they're focused on their, their brand and their image and, and you know, Bryce is out there with a protractor trying to figure stuff out, you know, and just hit the golf ball, man, you know. So I like guys that are more traditionalist and uh, and just like to play golf and, and, and have good swings and, and good disposition. Awesome, awesome. And, um, you know, we, we, we chit-chatted a little bit before the uh, podcast, and one of the things that we were talking about with uh, with junior parents, you know, um, you know, as we're, as we're raising the junior players, you know, the parents want the kids to do well, the parent, the kids want, I mean, the parents want the kids to perform better. Uh, what advice would you give to parents that, you know, cause the parents aren't playing, the, the, the juniors are playing, but what advice would you give the parents, um, as far as, you know, their demeanor, um, on the course, you know, you know, wanting the kids to do to play better. Uh, what advice would you give to the parents? I would, uh, of course, as a parent, you want your child to do the best that they can do and, and even push them a little further because we know that they can do a little better than they're doing. But when that child gets to the point where they're not having fun and you're trying to live out your uh, experience uh, through them, uh, it's time for you to back off a little bit and let the instructor, which is trained to handle situations like that, let them handle the kid, uh, the child or the junior golfer. Um, I, I have a daughter that's 30 years old. Uh, I taught her how to play and we would go to the driving range and she would hit balls and say, okay, dad, I hit a couple straight. Can I go play video games now? So she, she, she knows how to do it still to this day. I believe she can hit a golf ball straight, but she doesn't like the game. And, and I made it a point where I wasn't going to force her to play that because of my interest in the game. Um, I also have some friends that have spent everything that they have for their child to make it to the next level. Right. They spent three hours driving back and forth on a plane every weekend and and their, their child can barely break par you know or barely break a par not par on the course right. and and they they saying okay if i just keep them in this next level if they keep getting this exposure that's all good to a certain point but that child has to be willing uh, and able to sacrifice some things to get to that next level but only if they enjoy it. And, and you, can't, you can't buy your way into the next level. And we're, we're a little bit more fortunate than a generation before or a generation before that. We have resources to travel around, to play these different courses, even to be parts of country clubs we couldn't even, uh, you, know, you know, members of clubs we couldn't even uh, caddy at before. And and the access and the exposure to the game is great. But I would kind of tell the parent to take a step back mm -hmm. and just make sure that when you look at your child, you're not seeing you and what it is that you wanted to do. You know, let them be them and let them grow and let them learn. 
and and take it from there. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, and, and Scott, I know you participate in a in, in quite a few tournaments. Um, when you when you how do you prepare for a, a tournament? You know, not just a, a outing with the guys, but how do you typically you know that week before a tournament? What do you do to really dial in your game and prepare for for those tournaments that you have? Uh, I used to be a nervous wreck. <laughs> and not sleep the night before and all that stuff and really didn't put myself in position to play my best but uh one of the things that i understood was that if i didn't have what it took to win i wasn't gonna get it overnight or, or you know so i had to relax a little bit and just kind of sit back and say i have the ability that's why i'm here you know, and, and uh, trying to position myself to, to play the best that I can. Uh, don't go changing clubs overnight. Don't wish for, a you know, look for a new putter. Don't, you know, just go back to basics and realize, you know, the old folks used to say dance with the one you brought to the party, you know, don't, don't try to uh, recreate yourself overnight thinking that you're going to magically come up with something that's going to be a winning combination. Right, right. All right, man, that's awesome advice. And uh, before we open up the lines, um, uh, Scott, uh, tell us tell us something that we haven't mentioned that, you know, that you'd like for everybody to know about, whether it's uh, history, whether it's the game of golf. Um, tell everybody what, you, what, what, what you'd like us to know that we may not know so far. I had this conversation maybe not even a week ago. And one of the things that we talk about often is the younger generation missed something from the way we were brought up. Mm -hmm. And you don't see it often that the younger generation is going to guys like Randy or myself or uh, some of the, the older players, uh, uh, LM3 out in Chicago, or uh, he's in Detroit or whatever, and just sitting and listening, listening to some of the experiences that they went through. Um, we're, we're older now. We, we can't run like we used to, but we might even have connections to get you in the door where you need to get to now. So you need to be able to sit at the feet of some of the elders and glean from them and, and uh, learn what you can learn. Of course, there might be new ways of doing things now based on technology or access that we didn't do. But going back to Bill Bishop uh, and uh, Charlie Sifford, when I picked up uh, Charlie Sifford in the airport, I'm probably gonna get in some trouble with his family. But one of the ways that, one of the things he did is he took me to this little row home in North Philadelphia and we broke into the door and when we opened the door, we didn't break in. We went through the door and there was these things that I can't even mention sitting all out. And these people weren't the kind of people that would openly have public come to their house. They were doing some stuff they shouldn't have been doing. But Charlie Sifford said to them, see this young pro, if he needs anything, y'all take care of him on my name. And and he let me know that there were some things that he had to do in order to make it that a lot of people never knew about. And, and today things are simple. You know, people just go to a hotel 
<laughs> you know, or, you know, but they had to stay at people's houses and they had to sleep in their cars and they had to uh, uh, pack two or three days worth of food and put it in their bags because they couldn't get into restaurants. You know, stuff like that, that the young golfers need to know about uh, what the, the older generation had to go through so that they can do what they're doing now. So I, I would just say to the young folks, man, don't don't write us off and, and put us out the pasture yet. You know, some of us can still play. Number one, we could probably still beat you. Uh, number two, we've got enough experience and 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 a wealth of knowledge and even a network of people around the country that we can go play with or send you to play with. They're going to take care of you to make your job easier. Hey, Scott, man, you, you, you said a mouthful right there, man. It's that Sorry, I get long winded. I get no, passionate about no. this. Stuff. No, hey, 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 this is what we need. And, and, and Scott, what I what I heard you say is the appreciation the, the you know, for, from, from the appreciation for the people that came before us. And, you know, they can teach us a thing or two. Yeah. And, and, and so, man, we, we really appreciate you blessing us uh, being on this podcast. 